So I think when we are willing to push ourselves into doing things that we know we want to do or we need to do or that can help our career or expand our horizons, there's often fear associated with doing those things. And the reality is, is that's where the true magic happens is in those areas of butterflies. And, you know, it's about figuring out how to make the butterflies fly in formation, really, is what it comes down to. You work hard in your business. On the Profit by Design podcast, we ask the big question. What has your business done for you lately? Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Starling. I'm the business psychologist, the author of the Four Week Vacation and the How to Hire the Best series, as well as the founder of Tap the Potential, where we coach entrepreneurs like you to design sustainably profitable businesses that give you more time for what matters most and more money in your bank account than ever. Because after all, we believe work supports life, not the other way around. Weekly on the Profit by Design podcast, we bring you tips, tools, and strategies from our own experiences and from the experiences of our guests who are entrepreneurial thought leaders and real life entrepreneurs, all to support you in making intentionally profitable and sustainable business decisions to live the lifestyle you desire. Get started on your journey with us by downloading the training so many entrepreneurs are talking about right now, how to make your time worth $10,000 an hour at tapthepotential.com forward slash 10K. So Jeff, welcome to the Profit by Design podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here to talk about your podcast, your life's work and your new book coming up, Read to Lead. Well, I'm just thrilled somebody else is thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, I have been following the journey of your book over the last year or two that I've really seen you talking about writing it. And I just thought, holy smokes, I am so glad that you're writing this book. What you have done on your podcast has been a tremendous service to those of us who really want to grow in our leadership. And I've discovered great authors, great books through what you're out there doing. It's been a big part of my personal development. So I'm really honored to have you here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about Jeff and all the things that you need to know. Nearly 34 years, Jeff Brown has earned his living behind a microphone, first as an award-winning broadcaster, and more recently as an award-nominated podcaster, consultant, and speaker. In 2013, Jeff launched the Read to Lead podcast, a four-time Best Business Podcast nominee, featuring interviews with today's best business and nonfiction authors, including actor and author Alan Alda, Stephen M. R. Covey, Seth Godin, John Maxwell, Liz Wiseman, Gary Vaynerchuk, Simon Sinek, Brian Tracy, Nancy Duarte, and over 300 more. Jeff has leveraged his experience as a former on-air personality to not only forge a successful path for his own podcast, but also coach and mentor numerous other award-winning and nominated podcasters as well. Additionally, he has worked with several multi-million dollar businesses on the launch of their podcasts, including two of the largest churches in the U.S., and has even consulted the U.S. government. In 2016, Jeff was tapped by the largest university in Tennessee to begin teaching their brand new podcasting course. Jeff and his work have been featured in Inc., 
entrepreneur in HubSpot, the blogs of Seth Godin, Chris Brogan, Jeff Goins, and Social Media Explorer, as well as the publications like the Nashville Business Journal, the Tennessean, and hundreds of other blogs and podcasts. Jeff currently lives outside Nashville, Tennessee with his wife, Annie, and their three dachshunds. So (laughs) Jeff, that's quite a bio. And I want to just highlight one of the things that really stands out to me about you is your mentoring of podcasters. I met you at podcast podcast movement in Philly a couple of years ago. And I had the opportunity to go out to lunch with you with several others who were there attending the conference. And you shared your knowledge of podcasting and all the things that you have learned about how to create a successful podcast that serves the audience. And so much of what I've brought into the Profit by Design podcast came out of that experience in Philly and some of the learning that I had from you. So I'm just honored to have you here with us. And you invited me on anyway. (laughs) I absolutely did. You know, I believe that it was a presentation that you were a part of and spoke about about the importance of a good intro to the podcast. And that was something as a brand new podcaster, it's important that we knew that and we incorporated that into the Profit by Design podcast. Wonderful. Wonderful. Glad to hear. So your podcast is the Read to Lead podcast. And this podcast really comes out of your own experience with developing a reading habit for yourself. So I want to start there and really understand more about your why for your book now, Read to Lead, and the podcast, Read to Lead. What drives you and why is this important to you? Yeah, this habit is one that I took up embarrassingly quite late in life. I was in my early 30s before I developed a consistent reading habit. It's never too late, by the way, regardless of your age. But I had a love of reading as a child. And then honestly, school educated that out of me, if I'm (laughs) being completely transparent. And it wasn't until about 10 years outside of school when I had sort of the planets and stars aligned between the boss I had at the time, uh, the leader I was working for, and Seth Godin, who, though they've never met, uh, came together and helped reignite that love for reading. My leader at the company I was working for led a book club in with our staff. And the very first book I was introduced to was a Seth Godin book. And I'm like, I didn't realize this stuff was out there. You know, I never went to the bookstore. I didn't go to libraries. It was like, oh, this is tremendous. And there's more of this. Let me, you know, I couldn't get enough. And so that was like in around 2003. And it just kind of grew from there. And as I began to really get uh, serious about reading and reading consistently and intentionally, I began to see my career trajectory begin to climb and skyrocket rather quickly, in large part because I was now doing something that most of the people around me weren't doing. And the company I worked for had offices all over the country. And I began being tapped to then lead conversations about the things that I was learning through the books I was reading with different factions within the company, again, because I was one of the few doing that. And the only really unique thing I was doing was reading. I was looking at problems I was facing in the organization personally and the organization as a whole and realizing that, well, somebody else has probably already faced that problem and solved it. So let me go find out who that is and see what they have to say about it. And that can often be found in books. And so as I began to implement and practice what I was learning, you know, the things that didn't work, people forgot. (laughs) But the things that did work, people noticed. And that's when I started getting those requests to do different things. And that included then coming alongside later with the president of the company and helping him establish his 10-year vision for the company and communicate that to the rest of the company and to the world, to donors around the world. And again, all of that came 
simply from doing that one thing called reading that I hadn't been doing before. And then that then by extension is in large part given me the confidence to then eight years ago, venture out on my own and be my own boss and you know start my own thing. And it's to keep it afloat for now almost eight years. But without reading, none of that would be possible. You know, I so relate to what you're sharing in that, you know, I have my own experience with reading where it was a little bit opposite of yours, where I loved reading as a kid. I read I, and I devoured biographies and, you know, like presidents. And just I was fascinated with the 1800s and what life was like back then and all the all the leaders back then. And I would read these, loved it. And then I did something very detrimental to my reading habit. And that was I went to graduate school. And then I had to read all the time and I had to read things that, you know, I was told to read. And that was very different than picking what I was interested in. And that's what I heard you describing, like you were dealing with challenges and problems and you realized, oh, there's books out there that I can read that would address these issues. And so my experience when I came out of of graduate school is I didn't read very much at all after that. And I quit reading novels. I love novels too, but I had stopped all of that. And then in my career had someone tell me, you know, a book that you really should read right now is who moved my cheese. Mm -hmm. And I thought, huh, a book. And I didn't listen to them right away. And, you know, over a few months, I eventually picked up that book and read it. And it was life changing because I realized my cheese had indeed moved and I needed to move and make some changes in my life. And I attribute like that trajectory, like my whole shifting from mental health work as a psychologist into coaching came from reading one book. And so as I started my career as a coach and building my business, I very much like you, I realized, oh my gosh, answers are out there, in-depth answers. And these authors, they are writing everything they know, like all their best stuff is in a book. And so that has been one of the things for me has been that I have not had the attention span to sit down and read a book. I have really over the last five years had to be very intentional that I want to bring reading back into my life and have more time for it. So I've really been training my brain, so to speak, to be able to focus and read. And I think a lot of our technology can actually be undermining our ability to sit down and focus either on an audio book or a, you know, a print copy of a book these days. Yeah, I was just going to chime in and say, you know, that my book coming out in August tackles uh, some of that um, and how, you know, it's impacting not just what we think, but how we think this technology versus mm-hmm. how books, when they came about, impacted our thinking. And I think technology is affecting it in not so good a way. <laughs> and so I think there's still a lot of value in traditional books. Certainly, there are all kinds of ways to consume them. And I think some way is better than no way. But we're very much in a bite-sized on-demand world now. And that's impacting young brains in a way that to me is a little bit concerning. Well, yes. And I think it's not just young brains. I think it's all of our brains where it really distracts our ability to sit down and focus for an extended period of time. And I love what you said about books are now available in various ways that we can consume them. And so I think for me, one of my favorite things is to listen to an author on Audible, read their own book. And so a business book is great when 
when someone else reads it, but it's better when the business author reads that book because then there's their real inflection is there and they really, they know that material and it's them. And it's very much like a podcast where it's really feels like an intimate conversation with the author of the book and you get to know them in a deeper way. Well, I'm excited to say I'm voicing my own book, but I had to audition for the opportunity. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, it sounds like you won the audition and you, you got that opportunity to do that. Uh, I'm excited to do that. Yeah. That's incredible. So as you have been turning, developing your own reading habit, I'm curious, what has been helpful to you as you started developing that habit? What did you do? I'm easily distracted and struggle with some of those things we were talking about a moment ago. I watch a whole lot less TV today than I did 10, 15 years ago. Almost none. In fact, my vice is probably YouTube has taken over TV, so I've got to watch out for that. And having access to the app on my television screen uh, doesn't make that any easier. But for me, I have a notebook dedicated to just the books that I'm reading. I'll also sometimes uh, index books. You know, every book uh, you buy, if you buy the physical uh, version, which is my preference, there's always a blank page or two in the front and, and in the back. And as I'm reading, I'll often use those blank pages to begin creating an index for pages I'll always, I know I'll probably want to go back and, and refer to later. So when I think about something that's in a book and, oh, I want to go back to that book that I read a month ago and, and look at that topic, I don't have to go rifling through the book to find it. I just go to the front and look at that index and I find it immediately. And so that's always been helpful to me. When it comes to retention, I probably read today more than anything, I read for how it impacts my thinking. And it's less about me wanting to remember something. Obviously, I want to comprehend it, but it's less about remembering it and more about how does this impact the way I think about things today, depending on what the topic is. And when it comes to distractions, to me, the, the thing that's worked best, and this doesn't work for everybody, but I've got a reading chair for those watching this over my shoulder, and that's my spot. So I've established a place, an activity that happens in that chair. So when I read, I do it in that, in that chair. So that's number one. The environment, I think, is important. I'll often wear noise-canceling headphones and then have sort of instrumental music, nothing with lyrics and nothing that's like necessarily recognizable. Even coffee shop sounds are good sometimes. And there's apps for that. I like an app called Adagio, which is all classical music. And you've got a little dial wheel that you can select like relaxed or joyful or all these different sort of moods. And it's often, I mean, sometimes there's music I recognize, but usually it's music that I don't. And that combined with the noise canceling headphones and setting a timer just kind of helps me kind of focus. And I'll read, you know, for 25 minutes and take a five minute break, get up, walk around, read 25 minutes, et cetera. And those things combined, having your environment set just so, because I need that. Otherwise I'm distracted. And the physical copy, as I mentioned, helps, you know, versus say on my Kindle or the Kindle app on a thing, on something like an iPad that's, you know, got these notifications or a browser or whatever. I'd rather have that physical book, a pen in hand, a notebook, a highlighter, and I can really, really focus and concentrate with all those other things in play. Yeah, those are some great tips. The ability to focus, to have the noise canceling headphones, to have the music, have a setting where you consistently sit to read. I love that. I certainly have my place right over there that looks out my window, my comfy couch, my dogs, you know, pile on next to me. And we have our whole, you know, they're like, oh, mom's reading again. I'm going to go jump on the couch over there. But the tip that you gave about indexing a book is great. I'm going to start doing that right away. I go through with those little sticky tabs and put them 
you know, next to the passages that really resonate for me. But then when I get done with most books, I have, you know, 20 or 30, if not more sticky tabs, and then it's really hard to find things. So indexing is great. And I'll share one of the things that I've done in the last year is I've really wanted to be more and more intentional about reading. And at the beginning of the year, when I set my intentions of how do I want to make my life better, reading more is one of those. And so two years ago, I started listing the books that I read. So I have a journal where I list them and I will list the date that I read it and something that stood out to me about the book. And I, if it was not anything, if it was a book that I'm like, oh, this wasn't all that great, I'll say that. But most of the time, there's something that stands out to me about it or some takeaway. And I'll put that there. I started looking at how many books did I read last year? And I want to increase that. I want to build my reading habit and try to read 25% more books in the coming year. So I was just looking at that the other day and I was like, wow, I'm passing that, surpassing that with 25% more. And for me, this is what I want your input on. My greatest challenge is there's so many books out there and I want to read them all. <laughs> like I just, I wish I had more and more time to read. So how do you manage because there's just so much to read. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. For most people, I would selfishly recommend my podcast where I've, <laughs> I've done the curation for you. In all seriousness, I have tried to sort of build the reputation such that, you know, if you're hearing an author or and about a book on my show, you can rest assured that it's worth your time. Like I've done my homework. I get a lot of requests these days. I only got 52 slots a year. So, you know, uh, there's thousands of requests in 52 slots. So the last thing I want to do is, is waste your time. My podcast is not a book review podcast. If the author's there, it's worth your time, at least theoretically speaking. So, so there is that. You know, for me, what I'll often do is I'll spend some time uh, scanning the book's introduction, conclusion, or epilogue, I'll read the descriptions of the book, reviews if it's already out. And then just sort of scan the table of contents. And normally, uh, having done that, I can usually discern uh, if it's a book that I'm going to enjoy. I just met with somebody a couple of days ago who was doing a pre-interview with me. I don't normally do those, but he wanted to, uh, in the course of that pre-interview, pitch to me having him on my show. And I had already perused the book before he met. And I said, you don't have to do that. I've already made the decision. You know, you're going to be on because I've seen what I need to see. And I think it's a book worth my listeners uh, time. So that's my process. And, you know, beyond that, certainly, you know, some of the top 10 lists or what have you on Amazon and other, you know, book outlets, those aren't always, you know, the greatest option because the best selling book isn't always the one you need to be reading or good as everybody says it is, you know, or whatever. Sometimes it's just somebody who happens to have a large audience who got a lot of people to go buy their book. You know, those are out there too. But I think if you do your homework and you just do a little bit of research with the introduction, the epilogue or conclusion, the table of contents uh, first, I think that's a good way to start consuming any book. I think you'll save yourself a lot of heartache in the end. Yeah. So I just want to acknowledge that you, with the Read to Lead podcast, you are doing a lot of the curation work for us. You're saying, I've screened this. I know this is a good book that's going to impact you. 
as a leader. That's the idea anyway. Yeah. You may disagree with me. <laughs> no, no, I totally agree. And with the authors that you've had on there and the books that I've been introduced to because of it, I certainly have that experience as a listener that is incredibly helpful because, and you do a weekly episode, so there's 52 books. And, you know, for those of you who are listening to this and you're thinking, wow, I really want to increase my reading and be more focused with what I'm reading, I would highly recommend the Read to Lead podcast. Jeff, I'm curious, what prompted you to turn your passion for reading into a podcast? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I had you know, been this voracious reader for about 10 years when I launched the podcast. And I was just telling somebody this morning, I had thought about starting a podcast five years before I launched one, but I hadn't hit upon an idea yet of what I podcast about. And literally one day I was on my way home and I was working at the time, a regular job and commuting, you know, 45 to 60 minutes to work. And I listened to audiobooks predominantly because that was the best time for me to, to leverage and counting up the books I had read. And my goal was a book a month, relatively modest goal. And I realized I was reading about a book a week. This is about three months into the end of the year. And when I, I even said that out loud to myself, wow, that's a book a week. And sort of a light bulb went off in my head. Hey, you know, the podcasts I listen to are all weekly podcasts. What if I could turn my weekly book reading passion into a podcast where I interview authors? So, you know, I was already doing a book a week. And so that you know, worked out well. I thought, hey, free books, maybe. <laughs> there was that and just the chance to meet the people whose work I was enjoying. And that really, you know, the full circle moment for me was 18 months into doing that podcast and sitting down for 45 minutes with Seth Godin, who, you know, was so instrumental in my journey, you know, 10 years earlier or 11 years earlier and reigniting that love for reading. So that moment, I've since had a chance to do it a second time. Uh, that was pretty surreal. And so that's where the idea came. Just it was under my nose all along. And it just took me five years to find it embarrassingly. But it was just on that trip home. And I was like, wait a minute, maybe that's it. And so I just started the planning from there. And a few months later, it, it, it launched. Yeah, I have to confess, this is like true confessions <laughs> of a podcaster. The best thing about having a podcast is that I can read books and then invite the author on for a conversation about the book. And that opportunity is tremendous. My first taste of that was when I read The Pumpkin Plan by Mike McCallowitz, and I was so moved by that book. I was like, I need to connect with him. I want to order. I want to see if I can get a book order to send to all my clients. And when I emailed him and he emailed me back, I was like, oh. Oh my gosh, the author of the book is emailing me back. And so it just made me realize, wow, these authors are a lot more accessible sometimes than we recognize. Mm. And how wonderful would it be to have a conversation? And I think like in your case, when you're interviewing an author, you're getting to have that conversation that you want to have, but you're also sharing that conversation with others and introducing them to a book that they may not have picked up otherwise. Well, this will be surreal for you. I don't think I've ever talked to Mike McCallowitz and your name not come up. <laughs> oh, wow. So, oh, wow. Well, thank you. So, uh, you know, and I've talked to him. I knew there was a, we had a mutual connection in you. So your name comes up in just about every conversation we have. Oh, I am honored. I think very highly of Mike. And, you know, his work is so woven into what we do at Tap the Potential in our Better Business, Better Life program. And I just want to give a quick shout out here. For those of you listening to this, I want to invite you to join our Entrepreneurs Take Your Life Back 
Facebook community. And I would love if you are finding value in this discussion that Jeff and I are having for you to join the community and share what are some of the books that have been impactful for you that have really changed the trajectory of your life in the last few years. I think we can learn a lot from sharing these books with one another because if it impacted I know like the pumpkin plan had such an impact on my life. I was like, I want to teach this in our program at Tap the Potential. So you can join our Facebook community at tapthepotential.com forward slash group. So Jeff, you have interviewed lots and lots of successful people over the years. And I'm really curious, what habits do you see in common among these successful authors and business leaders that you've connected with? Hmm. Yeah, there's more than just them being authors. <laughs> right. There are five that I've discovered that nearly all of them have in common. And I call these the sort of the dream big habits, the acronym D-R-E-A-M. The first of the five that nearly all of them have in common is they do what I like to call dance with discomfort. Successful people realize the importance of getting outside your comfort zone and doing one thing every day that scares you kind of mentality. And so I think when we are willing to push ourselves into doing things that we know we want to do or we need to do or that can help our career or expand our horizons, there's often fear associated with doing those things. And the reality is, is that's where the true magic happens is in those areas of butterflies. And, you know, it's about figuring out how to make the butterflies fly in formation, really, is what it comes comes down to. The R in that acronym DREAM is probably no surprise. And I would say re-engage with reading. Or if reading is something you're already doing, maybe ritualize your reading and make it more of a habit like we've talked about. So I won't spend a lot of time on that one. E is what I call examine your energy. And this was revolutionary for me. It's about looking at the things in a given week or a given month and doing an, an energy audit and identifying what are the things you do that give you energy? What are the things that you do that zap your energy? What are the things you do that they just are? And color coding those on, on your digital calendar. Green are the things that give you energy. Red are the things that zap your energy. Orange are the things that just are. And looking at that, and if you see, literally see a lot of red, we got a problem, right? Or if you don't have a lot of red, but the things that you do have a red are close together, it's time to insert some green in between those, you know, or some orange in between those. Or maybe it's even possible to go, you know what, this red, can I eliminate that? Can I delegate that? Or can I somehow bring some orange or green to that red? And for me, that was revolutionary in that 30,000 foot view of understanding how that impacts my day and my mood and all of those things. The A uh, is what I call assemble your advisors. And this is uh, we sort of common vernacular in today's where we call this mastermind group. Right? That's one way to sort of engage with this. But having a group of close advisors, people you meet with on a regular basis, who you may also advise, but who get together either formally or informally and are, are encouraging one another, challenging one another, advising one another, to me, in a formal setting of like a mastermind group is the best way to do this. And it's radically impacted my level of success. There are, it helps with number one, dance with discomfort greatly because my mastermind group has been instrumental in pushing me to do things I wouldn't have done on my own, I don't think. And then the M, the last one is master your mornings. I think uh, too many of us treat the morning as at least I used to, as I would get up just enough time to get dressed, get showered and get out the door, right? Um, I work from home now, so that's not an issue. But I dedicate 
you know, a good three to three and a half hours to a morning ritual. Now, yours doesn't have to be that long. Um, and don't do what I used to do necessarily and feel like you've got 14 things and all of them have to happen every day in regimented times. And that's how my brain used to work. But do list the things that you think would be however many things those are that would be helpful in starting your day. That might be journaling or writing uh, you know, some gratitude type things, or it might be exercise. It might be you know, drinking coffee or it might be affirmations or visualizations, all those kinds of things, whatever it might be. And then on a given day, looking at that smorgasbord of items and deciding, okay, which one of which half a dozen or so of these things do I need today? Uh, which are going to help me most today and allowing yourself to pick and choose. And they may be different tomorrow, but it's important to identify what those things are and put them on paper, but not feel like you have to do every single one every single day. So even if it's just an hour, you can set aside and you know, give half a dozen things, 10 minutes each, a la you know, Hal Elrod and the Miracle Morning. But I think that's a great a place to start. So dance with discomfort, re-engage with reading, examine your energy, assemble your advisors, and master your mornings. And those five things I have seen that the people that I've interviewed and talked to, almost all of them do on a consistent basis. Wow. Those are some phenomenal strategies in there. And though several of them really spoke to me. I love what you said about, you know, the butterflies are where the magic happens and we just want to get those going in formation. That's beautiful. The energy and color coding our calendars eye-opening because this is, you know, in at Tap the Potential, we talk a lot about supporting entrepreneurs and taking their lives back. And so much of what we do in our businesses is not in our area of genius. It's outside our area of genius. And when we're working outside our strengths in our area of genius, it drains our energy. So seeing that visually on a calendar can really help us identify where we do need to delegate because if it's draining our energy, it's something that needs to be delegated. It's not, I have a chart of $10,000 an hour activities that I love to share with business owners because it really shows like, where's the highest, best use of your time. And when you combine that with thinking about your energy and looking at your calendar and are you doing those $10,000 an hour activities and of those, which really give you energy? Like that's a really intriguing question for me. So I just, I just want to share if anyone wants that chart, you can get it at tapthepotential.com forward slash 10k. And Jeff, you have you've turned your five habits here into an ebook that really it's not just where you walk people through what these habits are, but how to install these habits in our lives. So I want to give you the opportunity to share the link where our listeners can get that. Yeah, thank you for that. It, this may, if I have a chance to do a second book, uh, this may be the follow-up to the book I have coming out in August. But yeah, it's called Dream Big, Five Personal Habits That Will Supercharge Your Life. And your listeners can get it at readtoleadpodcast.com slash profit. Oh. Readtoleadpodcast.com slash profit. That's just for you. And as you said, not only the five habits in more detail, but then how to actually install them. And I also recommend a book or two to help you dig deeper into each individual habit. Uh, not surprisingly, with the reading habit, I recommend my own book. Uh, but with the, <laughs> the other habits, I have some specific books that I recommend that'll just help you uh, with each of those five and going a bit deeper in them if you want to. But uh, the ebook is about 25 pages. It's absolutely free. And you can get it right now by going to that link. Okay, so read to lead podcast.com forward slash profit. 
Yes. There you go. Yes. Good deal. <laughs> so Jeff, as we get ready to close, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about your book, Read to Lead. That's coming out August 31st. I understand there's an opportunity for pre-order. Yeah, it is available not only on Amazon, but also from my publisher, actually, at a 40% discount right now. And so uh, that's an option. It's called Read to Lead, The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career. And the hopefully easy to remember link there, if you want to check that out, where you can get that 40% discount is readtoleadpodcast.com slash, and then Baker, that's my publisher, Baker Books. So readtoleadpodcast.com slash Baker. 40% off they're offering, I'm not sure for how long, up to 19 copies. If you do 20 or more, if you happen to do a bulk order, then use the discount code READ to lead at checkout and it knocks it down to 50%. Whoa, that's awesome. So that leads me to my final question for you. So is it best if we order one copy or would it be better if we order, <laughs> you'll say 100 or 200 copies? <laughs> you know, if you're going to order a couple hundred copies, then we might need to talk about uh, an exchange for that me coming and speaking to your organization because I think I'd be willing to do that in exchange for an order like that if you're going that far. So. <laughs> we'll have to get together on that one. But I, yeah, I would be willing to come and, and say a few words for an order like that. But uh, yeah, the more the merrier. <laughs> wow, that's an incredible offer. So I'm so excited. I appreciate you spending your time here with us, Jeff, and introducing us and continuing to lead us in our reading habits. So thank you so much for inviting me. I loved being here. I'm thrilled to be here. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for spending time with us today. Join our conversation in the Entrepreneurs Take Your Life Back Facebook community at tapthepotential.com forward slash group. Share your aha moments from today's episode, ask me questions, and join in on the fun with your fellow entrepreneurs on the journey to designing sustainably profitable businesses that give you more time for what matters most and more money in your bank account than ever. And finally, share today's episode with a friend if you know a friend who would enjoy it. This is real life business. Keep your chin up. Keep moving forward. You got this. If you're loving the Profit by Design podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. Our listener reviews help us get into the top 10 of all entrepreneurship podcasts so that more entrepreneurs like you discover us. Your review is critical in helping us make a difference for more entrepreneurs who are ready to take their life back.